2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Born May 25th in Scarsdale, New York. He is a stand-up comedian and actor who appeared in such films as The Rat Pack and Get Shorty. But it is his intense style of stand-up that has earned him the nickname the pit bull of comedy, you can find his albums and specials, Raging Bully, built for destruction and born to be Bobby on numerous digital platforms. He released a book last year, a small book of Jewish Comedians. You can hear him as the voice of Sketchers, and you can keep up with him on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, as well as on his website, bobbyslayton.com. Please welcome, longtime friend of the show, comedy legend, Bobby Slayton.
0: doing, Bobby? I, hell, I didn't think you'd get up and make a phone call anymore.
1: Wow, that was a lot to live up to, that that whole introduction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, you! People, I'm telling you, what, I pulled up your goddamn Instagram the other day, and Paul Stanley from KISS is in your kitchen showing you how to make, you guys are making pizzas together.
1: Yeah, well, Paul's, a, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting story. Uh, well, you know, no, I see Paul, you know, I live in this... um there's this great little shopping center by my house, and I see him up there a lot. I post, you know, uh, Gene Simmons is up there. There's a lot of people up there. It's a you know, nice little uh, neighborhood, uh, you know, coffee shop and a few restaurants. And, uh, you know, he would post things about pizza. I've, I've known him for a long time, uh, you know, casually. I see him in the grocery store all the time. And he used to, I used to sneak around one of the aisles and say to him, uh, who likes to uh, rock and roll all night? and grocery shop every day. <laughs> you! He'd <laughs> always roll his eyes. But it turns out, you know, my first CD Raging Bully was produced by this guy, Larry Harris, who worked with Neil Bogart at Casablanca, oh, yeah. you know, their first yeah. record deal. And so, um, you know, I'd give him Paul my CD a long time ago, and he would listen to it in his car and tell me how much he liked it. So, anyway, he always posts things about food, when he's not posting stuff about being on the road and in the free world. So, uh you know, he makes pizza. And we've always thought about pizza. i always thought about pizza. And I, I have the same pizza oven that he has, uh, It's is a small, you know, one that goes out by the, uh, by, by the barbecue. And I can't get it to work right. And he just said to me, look, if you ever want me to come over and uh, help you make pizza, I will. So what am I going to say? No. <laughs>
0: that doesn't happen to and, um, anybody else. Anyone. No one else has this story. Well, you know, he's also he's a really
1: cool guy, and it's funny because you know I didn't grow up listening to Kiss, so I was more without. By the way,
0: you know, you keep talking about the Misfits, who I'm not that familiar with, but didn't they open up for Alice Cooper? Dude, the show you went to? No, no, they headlined. Dude, this was only on a, you know they were only a band from '77 to '83 with you know Danzig and Doyle, Von Frankenstein and Jerry Only, and Alice opened for I them couldn't... on this show. Really? Dude, they sold out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. I see It you you how much I know about the Misfits. I know them from
1: the 80s or late 70s. Yeah. When their first album came out, I remember liking it, but I remember listening to them only because their album cover had that Crimson Ghost, the skeleton yes. from yes. The, that 1940s movie. That's and, right. And always, I never saw the movie, but I know the movie from Famous Monsters of Filmland, my favorite magazine. Right. When all the other kids were reading Boy's Life and Sports <laughs> Illustrated and yes. Archie Comics, yes. I was reading Famous Monsters of Filmland. I'd always seen that picture of the Crimson Ghost. And I said, "This band's got to be really good." I remember them being kind of a punk heavy metal band, but I just thought that they would open up for Alice Cooper. Wow! I didn't realize they were that big. Wow. Oh, well, they, they weren't.
0: It's just kind of legend. They're they're kind of a legend of a legend. You know what I mean? They they only had five years, and then they they disbanded. But they sold a million. They you know they sold a million times more shirts than albums. And. Wow. And when they won on sale, the world went crazy. And there and the good part is Jerry Only and uh and Doyle, who are brothers, stay in great shape. They play great. Danzig stills can sing. And you know, he, it was insanity to see him. And dig this, I saw Fear open the show and I sat and spoke with Lee Ving for a couple minutes. Well, you really get around. You so
1: I'm making listen. pizza with Paul Stanley. You travel yeah. around the country, listen, listen to uh Headbanging
0: punk metal band. Listen, I, <laughs> I never thought I could see fear. I never thought it, it, it. My dad broke the record because of the song "Strangulation," and the lyrics were printed on the inside. And he just he goes, "String, I'm going to have throw a few fits. I'm going to chop off her," right? <laughs> no. and Jeez. and he just snapped the it, vinyl. So I loved this band. So I never thought I'd ever have a chance to see him. You know, they they did Saturday Night Live in 1980 or 81 and got thrown off forever.
1: Wow. Yeah, you know, I didn't get to see as many bands as I used to want to see, because, you know, what? back in the 80s, I was on the road all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and then and then my daughter was born, so the little time I had home, you know, I would go see the Rolling Stones, and I would go see
0: uh, not much else, <laughs> you know. Yeah, now I you, don't go see anybody. But you and Alice, Alice I, are friends. Such a, what's that? You and Alice are close, aren't you? Like, you're, you're definitely your acquaintances, good friends. Well, I, it's not friends where I have as Actually, I did have his cell number. I don't have any more,
1: but it's, you know, a friend to me is somebody, you have their phone number, and if you need to have somebody help you move, I don't yeah. think Alice. I wouldn't call right. him. Right, But um, um, I don't know who I could call for that except for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, you no, know, you know, I know Alice. but, you know high school, I'm a little bit older than you, but in 1971, 72, when Killer came out and then um, 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 Billion Dollar Babies, I, I went to his house and I rang the doorbell. That's I was crazy. in high school. I, yeah, I was like 17 years old. And, you know, it, what? I think it was like right before Alice was you know, playing golf with Groucho Marx and going on Hollywood Squares and The Muppets. You know, right. you kind of thought he was kind of this really scary guy because the cover of Killer, he looks like a deranged lunatic with right. a snake around his neck, you know. Yeah. So I, I I remember in high school, a friend of mine, I think he was my drug dealer at the time, and I was like 16, 17. <laughs> he told me, he said, I remember this, he said, if you want anything for the weekend, you better get it now because I'm going to be in Connecticut painting Alice Cooper's house. I said, what? He goes, yeah, I worked for my uncle, and he has this thing where he's painting Alice Cooper's house. Now, at the time, I heard that the entire band, they were still together, the original band, they were living in this old estate in uh, Connecticut outside of Greenwich, and it was, you can Google this. It was the Galicia estate. The Galicia was, he was sort of like a mob guy, supposedly. And so anyway, we drove up, me and my friend, and a couple of girls, drove up to the house. He gave us the address. And I'm not making this up. It was on a beautiful tree-lined street. And we got to the house. I'm sure my memory, I'm embellishing a little. But it was a beautiful sunny day. But his house looked like 1313 13 Mockingbird Lane. Uh. You expected to see the, 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 the apple tree from the Wizard of Oz. He'd throw apple's Right. I'll never right. forget this. There was an old statue in the front yard, missing a head. There was no head on the statue. That's and great. Alice had told me that that uh, the drummer Neil Smith had bought a Luger, a German Luger, a few months before he <laughs> shot the head off the statue. So I, I didn't imagine that. So <laughs> there were these old creaky gates, and we walked in, and we, we drove him, and we knocked on the door, and Dennis Dunaway, the bass player, comes to the door with a pool cue. I thought he was going to beat us to death. Right. But I said, hey, we, we'd, like to, we'd like to see Alice. Alice comes to the door, and the guy, he was all tanned and fit. He had shorts on. He looked like he was going to play tennis with a mint julep, you know, down in you know, Georgia <laughs> or something. Anyway, he could have been nicer, and he took a picture with the girls. And Alice said to me, don't you want to be in the picture? I go, no, no. I, oh. I was too cool to be in the picture with Alice Cooper. But yeah. um, he did tell me years later they put a sign on the gate and kept it locked in Put a big sign on the gate that Alice does not live here anymore. You
2: know, um,
1: <laughs> he, but I've you know, I've kept in contact with
0: him over the years, and he's a he's a great guy. You know, nice he, guy, great guy. I, I just googled the Galicia estate. That, that's a monstrous. That's what a what a perfect Alice Cooper house. Yeah, the house, the house burned down under mysterious circumstances of years course. years later. Um,
1: but the, he told me that they were he drank so much in those days that they recorded parts of Love It to Death and Killer, or rather Killer. And, uh, and I think the next $1 billion babies, they recorded both of them in the house. And Alice doesn't remember recording either of them. He was that wow. effed up. So, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: Well, you, I mean, if you're doing the show, the great legendary, the Pitbull of comedy, Bobby Slayton, who, it drives me crazy. You don't, you're not touring anymore. I don't get, I, I, I no. watch to see him. I'm I, like, I wish you would. I will well, fly. you know what? I would I, fly I, I, somewhere I, to see you. Well, you'll finally see the midsets. It shows what kind of taste you have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the hell do you know about anything? I'm You're listening. an idiot. Oh, what did, no, I,
0: what no, did I call uh, you one day? You uh, had the goddamn MC Five at your house. No, that was a dictator. It was a dictator. I'm sorry, it was a dictators. But oh, that's right. The dictators. That's right. Yeah, yeah. the dictators
1: stayed here on their last tour. We, but handsome, big, handsome Dick Manitoba. Manitoba. He, he didn't know I had a nice house, so we stayed at some motel down the street. and He comes over and he goes, yeah, "If I knew you had a nice house, I would have stayed here." Oh, thank <laughs> you, thank you.
0: And Dick, Dick, um, I met him at Manitoba's at his bar. I walked in with my girlfriend, and I'm like, "Man, I think that's handsome, Dick Manitoba, right there." And I walked over, and he, he I bought him a drink, and uh, and we sat there, and he walked me through all the photographs on his walls yep. and showed me. And these were yep. things like him and Sid Vicious, him and and you know Lou Reed, and him, and just he was, you know, at the center of of New York City punk rock.
1: Yeah, he really was. You know, that was a cool bar. He closed it yeah, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, you know, um, I think, when he, you know, left his job, lost his job in SiriusXM, but, you know, it, it was a cool neighborhood. I remember that neighborhood. I never used to go there to score drugs, but it was the ABC, yep. you know, neighborhood, yep. Alphabet City, a horrible, disgusting, dangerous, dangerous neighborhood that's become so gentrified so, with pizza parlors and, and latte
0: shops, and, yep, and, which yep. is
1: nice, I guess, compared to what it looked like. Yeah, you know? know,
0: St. Mark's over um, there, and, uh, you know, the it's just, uh, I, I love all that. And that's, that's the thing about you, I didn't know when, when we first met, Bobby, because I knew you from being in this, you know, incredible movie, the Rat Pack with Ray Liotta, and your comedy, and watching you, and and, and from specials, and then I started looking through your website. And I'm like, he, your journey has always been a part of. Uh, you're just, I think, one of those people that people gravitate towards, uh, just because of your your honesty and you're you're just a genuine cat. Uh, you're a ball well, people- busting mother effort, but yeah. you're but you you are a genuine human. Well, people, people gravitate to me, but
1: not audience members. They don't gravitate <laughs> so much as other people. <laughs> Paid customers never gravitated. You know, I kind of I called it quits. I couldn't take it anymore because, um, uh, you know, I wasn't making, you know, Louis Black and Bill Maher money, of course. You know, and you know a lot of my friends and peers, you know, playing theaters, I was still playing comedy clubs, you know. I mean, the late, great Stanford and Sons. That, was a, yeah. that place was always a nightmare. A nightmare, <laughs> you know. And it, having... Having to, you know, and having to try, look, I always like doing your show and morning radio, though, could be a bitch, you know, you would, sure. you, you know, you, 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 go with Craig Glazer. I know he's dead. I don't want to make fun of him, but you, know, you have to sit and listen to him at 630 in the morning. And then after the Johnny Dare show, you have to spend two hours waiting to do good morning, Kansas City. Hey, yep. was, oh, Jesus Christ, really? So it, <laughs> it became a, it, you know, and a, you know, flying coach. Look, I wasn't working in a coal mine. I didn't have black lung disease, but the job when you hit fifties and sixties and you're not making, you know, top dollar and you're packing and unpacking and packing and unpacking and playing these horrible comedy clubs. And I just, you know, my audience kind of disappeared. Um, You know, I'll tell you what's really funny. You'll like this. So I was never a big social media guy. You know, I love the introduction you gave me. It's great. You can, you know, you know, I, I, I tried to do, the whole social media thing. And you know, I go on Facebook and I still put some posts. I put that, you know, that post with me and Paul Stanley and I put the post with you know picture of me and Bill Graham and 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 um but but you know, Twitter, it seems like every time I would tweet something, I'd get two or three followers and then I'd lose twenty. So I had never been a big Twitter guy. I would always post stuff and I stopped getting political. I don't want to start doing anti Trump stuff. I'm not Jimmy Kimmel. I don't I don't want to get political. I don't right. care about any of that anymore. But well, I had like 7, I don't know, 7,500 followers on Twitter, which is nothing. So when Paul Stanley came over, I tweeted that photo that you saw of yep. Paul uh, flipping the pizza. And I said, do you mind if I post it? He said, absolutely not. So I posted. And for me, this is tremendous. Within like a, three or four days, I got 50, which isn't a lot for most people. For me, it was a big deal. I got 50 Twitter followers. Yeah. Then a few nights later, <laughs> I see... Duran Duran on Jimmy Kimmel, and I posted the tweet. I said, You know, it's amazing after all these years that Duran Duran can sustain this level of suckability. <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> you
1: got to give him credit. And within three days, Lost all 50 people that I got with the ball. <laughs> That's exactly so, right. F Twitter, you know what? I, I, and here's the thing, too. I don't really care because I don't really have anything to plug. I'm happy being retired. I'm doing my Skechers commercials. I'm doing, yeah. you know, occasionally somebody calls for a movie or a TV show, uh, which always seems to be. So I'm fine, you know. Um, um, I mean, I'm yeah, going course. to get, I'm, 60, just, I'm 67 years old. Oh. I'm going to get one more tattoo tomorrow. And um, and um, yeah. and uh, what else? What are you
0: getting tattooed? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> well, it's pretty funny. It's in honor of Kanye West, sort of. Um, <laughs> well, not really. But when I was in Hebrew school, you know, I was I, 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 my biggest regret in life. One of my biggest regrets is at 13 years old, I didn't tell my parents to go after themselves. I'm not going to Hebrew school. What are they going to do? you know, take away my TV privileges for a month. Right, right. I, I can't believe I spent my, my day. So anyway, at Hebrew school, they would always yell at me. They would yell at me because I never paid attention. And they would yell at me, which means please be quiet. I thought it meant shut the F up because the way they said it, <laughs> hey, Robert, I thought, it, you know, so I, I never, I don't remember anything from Hebrew school except for that. So, about two, three years ago, I tattooed my girlfriend's name, Dominique, on my arm, and tomorrow I'm going to under her name, Sheke <laughs> 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 I figure it's my, you know, my only call to Judaism that I've done anything since I got bar mitzvah when I was 13 years old, you know, so, um, you know.
0: I think there's so a reason we we're friends, because, you know, I was an altar boy, and, uh, and there's nuns who just beat the piss out of me, and <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, wail on you. They were in the full penguin suits. I finally had to one day just go, I can't go back again. Like I can't, I did to my parents, like seventh grade was coming up. And I go, I cannot face this anymore.
1: What do you think would have happened besides the wrath of your parents if you were to slug one of those bruds? What would have happened? Let me tell you. There's one
0: I would push push down the stairs right now. Sister Mary Adolph, I would literally (laughs) kick her ass down a flight of stairs.
1: Yeah. Well, you know that's why you know my daughter had no religious training and uh, you know no upbringing. Look, I recycle. I eat dolphin-safe tuna. I make a right turn on a red light. I get out of the left lane if somebody wants to pass me. And um, I, I, I put no lead gas in my car. So I, I think that I'm going to heaven if there's a heaven. I'm doing whatever you're supposed to do. <laughs> I, I quit stand-up comedy. I don't make fun of people anymore. I'm friends with my gay neighbor. I bought him a bottle of white wine. I'm making amends. <laughs> you you <know? laughs> I tip extra big at the Chinese restaurant. I tip big at the Mexican place. I'm making up to all the, all the
0: horrible <laughs> yeah. racist jokes I made by tipping big. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me t- this, this world has mm. never needed Bobby Slayton more than it needs you today. And that's a fact. Well, you know,
1: like I said, I wasn't selling out theaters. And, uh, you know, my biggest gig is doing the... Johnny Dare show, it's 6.30 in the morning for my my bedroom. (laughs) This this is my biggest gig. I'm not getting paid for it. my biggest audience, and I'm making no money. um,
0: (laughs) Hey, you know I was going to tell you? Because we we, we jumped subject too fast. So you you loved uh, Famous Monsters, the magazine, when you were growing up. Oh, my God. Corey Taylor from Slipknot just bought that, and he's putting it back out.
1: Well, what's very funny is I didn't know who bought it, but I went to the one thing that I do <laughs> that's really kind of silly. Like you, you fly to you know Dallas to go see the Misfits, but every year there's a big convention here called Monster Palooza. You yes, must have heard of it. I,
0: I'm familiar with it.
1: Yes. Well, they do one in New Jersey every year called Killer. I think that was the first one, uh, the Killer Convention. But Monster Palooza—they're now doing it twice a year. It's a tremendous, tremendous. Uh, a convention with all kinds of I I don't go stand the line for the you know you know Freddy Krueger's autographs and all that stuff but they have masks and models and, yes. and and magnets and jewelry and these lunatics are all dressed like monsters and misfits and and anyway I have a friend from Florida who actually flies in and we went to the convention a couple of weeks ago the son of Monster Palooza anyway I saw they had a big booth for famous monsters and I didn't realize the guy from Slipknot was bringing it back but I saw them bringing it back. I had the entire collection of the magazines. I still have a lot of them, and I was a big, famous Monsters fan. Yeah. Look, I don't really care about sports. I don't really go see concerts anymore. I cook. I make pizza with Paul Stanley, and I love Monsters.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I go to this Trans World Haunt Show every year in St. Louis. It's the industry show for the haunted houses, the professional ones. Oh, right, right. Dude, right. You, you tell should me that. fly you always in. You invited me to that. You should come in. You should fly in. I would buy you a. I'd buy you the airline ticket if you'd show up.
1: You want to know something? It's hard enough for me to drive from my house I to Burbank 20 minutes away It's a pain. and go, go to that thing and stand in line with all these idiots. That's
0: <laughs> yeah. tough enough. You no, know? dude. I so. bought so much weird stuff. I mean, you have no idea. I have to start sending you photographs. I, I literally just bought a Fetsy 6 hyper, hyper-realistic hyper severed penis.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I've had many of those for years. Would you? I, <laughs> uh, I oh. told my collection. I sold my collection on eBay when things weren't going good, but I I used to play them (laughs) like a xylophone. Like (laughs) Sam Feer. By the way, I want to thank you. I want to thank you again the last time I talked to you. I still have not framed those beautiful uh, monster caricatures you sent me because I have no place to put them, you know? I know. You know, know, the thing is, I have – you know, my girlfriend lives down the street. Eventually, we're going to have to move in together. You know, my house is – it's not quite a uh, a man cave, but it's full with some really cool stuff. I have no room to put those. The only place they would ever go, and I would put them if I didn't have a girlfriend, is over my bed. But that's the one place where she spends a lot of time in my bed watching TV, and I'll never hear the end of it with the monsters over my bed. You know, <laughs> Dude, and, that's, and that's where and that's where comes in. <laughs> Bobby,
0: dude, uh, I, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna watch I, and you're gonna do a show a one off somewhere and I'm just gonna show up. I, I was telling the guys I go. You understand? Like for whatever reason, I mean, my buddy Joe and I remember we were walking Washington DC. We jumped off a tour bus, right? And I, I'm like, and we just bumped right into Bobby. And all of a sudden, we're just did. We went to uh, Shake Shack. Uh, and, Shake Shack. I, I remember. But it's always yeah. been that way, man. There was a great club. I remember the
1: Washington D.C. Improv. But you know what? The money was going down, down, yeah. down. My audience was all moving to Florida or dying. You know, there's new, there's new people on TikTok and Facebook that aren't losing, you know, who aren't losing, uh, you yeah, know, followers fact. and watchers. And so, anyway, you know, it's it's fine. I I'm I'm very happy sitting at home making these guitars, sure. and I'm, I'm going to sell them in my girlfriend's store in Palm Desert. And um, I saw I'm, I'm having a good time.
0: I saw those, yeah. man. Those are really good, man. They're pretty cool.
1: they are yeah. gonna sell a lot of I Haven't sold one yet, but uh, it keeps me busy. So uh, you, you know, can you that, imagine I'm trying, trying to palooza. survive?
0: Can you imagine to sur- trying to survive as as Bobby Slayton, the pit bull, in today's comedy? You know, they're trying to take apart Chappelle, and you're like, "What are you doing? Like, what we, without this? Th- and this is this is supposed to be the the more thoughtful like yeah. side that gets the arts. Like, without comedy holding the mirror up to society, we fail. We just we lose everything, man. Well, there's still plenty of comedy, and there's still plenty
1: of people. I mean, Chappelle's still going, and Louis Black is still going, and Bill Maher's still going, and you know, Patton Oswalt, some great, great sure. comics out there. A, a lot of horrible, horrible, horrible comics. You know, you know, uh, I, I watch, I try to watch some of this crap on Netflix, and I'm going, my God, this stuff. The reason I'm not, another reason I'm not performing anymore, you know, it's funny. You know, the reason I didn't mind doing your show, I didn't really want to get up. And then Brother Weeves from Rochester, great you know, guy. calls me yesterday. I called him yesterday. It was his birthday. He goes, you want to do my show tomorrow at 530 in the morning? I said, sure. I have nothing to plug. Maybe I'll give a plug to Skechers. And then Jake <laughs> called me. And out of the blue, it says, you want to do Johnny's show? And I figured, well, uh, I might as well get, get you both out of the way today. And it was fine. <laughs> but then again, I really, you know what? It's it's six thirty in the morning here. Seven o'clock. I'm up this time of day anyway. You know. Listen, um,
0: you you are you are one of my favorite people in the whole world on every level, man. From Monster Palooza to your love of rock and roll and old school punk rock, and uh, and of course you are without a doubt, man, the king, the pit bull of comedy. You nobody. There'll never be another one like you.
1: Well, thank God. Um, <laughs> and, um,
0: yeah. I mean that, man. I, I really I do that. mean that. Like, listen, other comedians talk about you. And, uh, I mean, nobody wants to follow you. I mean, that's just people. By the way, if you go back and look at stuff like Bandits or Get Shorty or Dreamgirls, uh, you can go back. But watch watch the Rat Pack movie with Ray Liotta. Like, you'll know him from there. And then go find any specials and any CDs like Raging Bully. Uh, it'll, it'll, it's a crowd separator, I promise you. Like, it's, <laughs> if they laugh, you can be friends. If they don't laugh, you should probably just not spend any more time trying to hang out with them.
1: Well, I have my little body of work and let it sit there. It's, you know, it's fine. I'm, I'm very happy. Now, but, you know, when you said you, well, you should do another show again, it's funny because when I was on with Brother Weeze, I, I talked to the guy that has the comedy club, Comedy to Carlson in Rochester. He goes, Bobby, if you want to retire, retire this summer, come up and do three nights. And I love Rochester. Like, I love Kansas City. I just have fun when I'm there. Yep. But you know what? I don't have any new material. I don't want to bring out the old crap again. So... You can't, you know, I, I, that's the one thing I'm amazed about people like Pat Oswald, who I, I was watching on Kimmel uh, last night, two nights ago, and he's got another special out of him, But how do these guys do four or five specials? I, I can barely think of any jokes anymore. My mind is not in that, that, that frame of mind to come up with stuff. So it's fine. I'm, you know, I'm trying to play my drums, make my guitars and uh, yell at my neighbors. I'm, I'm like Boo Radley <laughs> from *The Kill a Mockingbird. Everybody avoids my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so no, we, we never know when there's going to be a Slayton flare up. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. You n- never yeah. say never. Yeah. Look, I, I appreciate your yeah. call today, man. It's great to hear your voice. All right, Sal. And, uh, I'll see you at the Shake Shack. All right? Yeah, I right <laughs> Love you, man. All oh, right. On.
1: Great.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,